When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick here with Alex Toledo. Before we get to today's episode, I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reason Sports Network. And of course, that is AutoNation. If you're looking to buy or sell a vehicle, AutoNation is where you want to go. They're the largest retailer from coast to coast and their friendly and knowledgeable staff here in South Florida will help you save big on a huge selection of new cars, trucks, and SUVs, Toyota, Honda, Chevrolet, Mercedes-Benz, and much more. And if you're looking to buy pre-owned, shop AutoNation huge selection of one price pre-owned vehicles clearly marked with one price their lowest price guaranteed or if you just want to get rid of that old car turn it into cash today get a top dollar offer and a check the very same day they'll buy your car with no purchase necessary here's the most important thing if you want a new car or to lease a car from AutoNation, you've got to DM me at 5 Reason Sports. that's the number five reason sports let us know here's why people have had a great experience with this what we do is we give your information to an AutoNation senior manager and they walk you through the process from beginning to end. So DM us at Five Reasons Sports. There's no commitment to any of this. It's just a better opportunity to get a car. And now, on with today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick here, and today I'm here with Alex Toledo, no Alphonse Sydney. I was up at training camp for day four, one more day, uh, coming up on Saturday, and then the scrimmage, the red, white, and pink scrimmage, uh, which is coming up on Sunday at 4 o'clock at the arena. And some things went on today. Kelly Olynyk got some shots up after practice that was interesting to watch. He looks like he's moving pretty well. Still no James Johnson. Um, a lot of talk, obviously, about Justice Winslow as there's been all camp. But we're going to focus today on Jimmy Butler and on a couple of comments that he made. And we're going to play the first of those comments now. And this was about Joel Embiid. And after that, Alex and I will react to it. I wish he was still on the team because I feel like the relationship that I had with him could have gone a long way. What's it like to hear from some, that from someone like Joel? Uh, I mean, it's, it's true. And it's crazy because one of the kids in the locker room uh, just asked if I fuck with, uh, with Joe when I'm back there taking a shower. I told him, yeah, like, that's my dog, for real. And we do talk all the time. And um, even whenever I was traded here, uh, I told him, continue to dominate, um, continue to prove why you're the best player in this effing league. And I, I believe that, man. He's he's tough. Got a lot, a lot of respect for him. Um, and I hear he's, he's in shape. Man. All right, Alex. So here's my thought on this one. Uh, 
Philadelphia wants to hate Jimmy Butler. <laughs> like they they are so pissed at Jimmy Butler for leaving, and yet they, they act like then they say they don't care. And so I thought Jimmy put them in an interesting position. They put the Heat in an interesting position because he can't stop cursing. And if you looked at Heat PR when he was doing this, Alex, it was, I mean, <laughs> oh, God, here he goes again. But, uh, I mean, that's just Jimmy. But uh, he's NC-17. But, you know, Sixers fans can't really have this both ways, right? Like, it, you know, and Jimmy praising their, you know, one of their two franchise players makes it even harder for them to have it both ways. Did he call him the best player in the league? In the league. Not the best player on the team. The best player in the league. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought I heard. I'm like, why is – I'm surprised Heat Twitter hasn't made a big deal about this. I, I know. Well, I mean, according to, to Heat Twitter, Justice Winslow is the best player in the league. I, You know, Joel Embiid is not the best player in the league, but he is a top 10 player when he's healthy. He's a top two center probably in the league along with yep. Jokic. And it sounds like when, he's really healthy now. It sounds like he's healthy. And Don't know about Jokic. <laughs> well, Jokic is, is eating healthy. I mean, he's not eating healthy foods, but he's a healthy eater. Let's just put it that way. Uh, you know, fat, fatter lever, as, as our friend Shandell Richardson called him with, with the Denver ties. <laughs> there were a lot of those really good jokes going around. But Jokic will still, still be an MVP candidate, even with all that. But how do Philadelphia fans – and we have a T-shirt for this, by the way, if you go to our merchandising store. How do Philadelphia fans possibly justify – acting like they don't care about Jimmy when it seems like all they do is care about Jimmy. Yeah, you definitely have a point on that. It's been weird how many times they've continued to mention Jimmy, especially, I guess now it's because everything's kind of starting up again. You have the media day, you have the Jimmy introduction. He's out here making headlines with the 3.30 a.m. workouts. People are, you know, it's a lot of hating involved, but Heat fans have to kind of take a look at themselves and see all the tweets that they've been sending Hassan Whiteside's way. Uh, Portland fans are going to realize what they got over there. Talking about, oh, Hassan's not going to average a triple-double with assists. He's, I think it just happens with, you know, guys that you had an investment in on your team. Yeah, and that's the thing. And But this was the guy who closed for them all year. I mean, not all year, but since they got him, and particularly in the playoffs. And, I mean, there just wasn't much in terms of, uh, you know, late-game ability or want to even from Simmons or from Embiid. It was all on Jimmy. And so the idea, I mean, first thing, let's, let's evaluate Embiid's comment. Embiid talking about how much he's going to miss Jimmy. I don't think it's a weak comment from him. I mean, Embiid usually trash talks other players, but I think it does also show that Embiid recognized that he needed Jimmy still. And one of the conversations we've had about Philadelphia and we've talked about the Sixers on this podcast is we don't know who closes for them. Like, uh, they're sort of pumping up Tobias Harris as their closer. He's not a closer. Uh, Josh Richardson is not a closer. Uh, Embiid, it's difficult for Learning the hard way. Yeah, right. And, right, we learned, yeah, stepping out of bounds. And, you know, and as I said, Simmons, uh, I mean, he can't be a closer if you can't shoot. Uh, it's very difficult to be a closer. So they don't really have a closer. Jimmy was their closer. They're upset about, you know, Jimmy leaving, but there's, you know, all this back and forth about whether or not he was actually offered the five-year deal. Apparently he was offered it during the season, perhaps, but not at the very end of the season. That seems to be the somewhat of a consensus on this, but like they didn't want him that badly. So I don't know why they're that angry at him for leaving. And also Alex, this idea, I keep seeing this on Twitter, like that Jimmy chose to be with the team he's with now or the talent as opposed to the talent that he could have had in Philly. It's like they act like Horford would have been there. He, he wouldn't have been there. They couldn't have gotten Horford without Jimmy leaving. The Jay Rich deal, the way it was structured, allowed that to happen. So I, I think like Philadelphia fans have a warped sense of perspective about this. 
you know, Jimmy, it, it, it was never the perfect fit it was supposed to be, but he, he played really well for them. He played really hard for them. He had some issues with Brett Brown, but he's not the only one who has. And so here we are, and now Jimmy is out there praising Philadelphia's best player, which it takes a little bit of steam out of it, I would think, in terms of the way the Sixers fans react to it. So that was interesting. From Jimmy, it also shows you that the way he started that clip where he talks about how, you know, somebody in the training room was mentioning, asking if he bleeped with Embiid, you know, in a positive way. Uh, Jimmy follows all this stuff on social media, right? Like, like, I mean, he knows, like, what's being said about him and he's going to react to it. And this team is going to react to it in a way that they haven't recently. I mean, he is a man of the people. He's, he, I think he loves all of this. He's in this weird uh, culture honeymoon stage with Jimmy right now. And it's great for the fans. It's great for us because he's giving these great quotes. But for what you were talking about earlier, Joel Embiid is definitely the best player in the team. He says that he's in the best shape of his life. And the team thinks that they are going to be running the offense in the crunch time through Joel Embiid first and foremost. And as far as Ben Simmons, he's been quoted as saying that he's going to shoot whenever he's open. We'll see how much of that is just, you know, media day and preseason talk. But we'll see how good the Sixers actually are in the clutch. I feel like they're going to be a great regular season offense. We'll see how good they are in the playoffs. But as far as Jimmy Butler goes, man, I think Sixers fans are in a little bit of a, a denial right now because it's like, you don't know how good the team is going to be without him as far as crunch time offense in the playoffs goes. And it's kind of like a, this defense mechanism, right? It's like you lose him. You're like, oh, we don't need you. We got Josh right. Richardson and Horford. This is going to make way more sense. So there's some logic behind it, but I think there's more emotion than logic for sure. Right. So why can't they be happy about that? Like if they're so happy about the team they put together, just let Jimmy go. Like, I mean, let, you know, let that emotion But then by the go. same logic, I, although and I wouldn't say that the Heat fans haven't been doing, it hasn't been to the same degree as mm-hmm. what's been happening with Philly and Jimmy, but mm-hmm. we've been kind of doing the same thing with Hassan. But it's like every time that his name comes up in a tweet, people are kind of bitter about it. And it's like, what's the point, right? Because Portland definitely, he's going to put up numbers for Portland before Nurkic comes back. Mm-hmm. He's going to be, a, you know, that's a good guy to have as a backup center when Nurkic does come back. He's off the team. You got a shooting big in return. Things are looking up for the Heat. What's the point? Right. What's the point? The other thing about it is, I mean, I mean, the Heat didn't want him. So what? So why is right? I mean, uh, the team has basically told me, you know, various members of the team have told me that, you know, it's worth several wins, <laughs> you know, just to have Hassan's attitude off the roster. Like I, at camp today, okay, and I, I got a chance to talk briefly on the side to, you know, a couple of, you know, uh, three or four of the executives, including Pat actually. And, you know, there's just, I I actually remarked to Riley that, you know, this seems like a very positive, happy camp. And he didn't deny that. Now he didn't say anything about Hassan. We didn't talk about that specifically. And, and, you know, I don't think he meant that. And I, I, I didn't mean it, but I was, I'm just saying in general, it has been a very upbeat camp that they've had. And it does seem like these pieces fit. We have to see when they go through their first bad stretch, because that's when you really find out about a team, but Eric's smiling a lot more, uh, you know, Pat is walking around talking to all these players individually. He spent some time with Justice alone today. He spent some time with Jimmy alone the other day. He's he's making the rounds. It feels like they have their team back. And Hassan with Hassan here, that was going to be very difficult to do and allow other players like Bam to flourish. And so, yeah, Heat fans need to get over the Hassan thing. He's going to say stupid things. I mean, he keeps talking about this being the most talented team he's ever played on. Perhaps that's true. I mean, the, the top, we talked about this, the top two guys, actually, I talked about it with Christian on the pod, the top two guys probably better on Portland than anybody that, because Dwayne wasn't in his prime and Bosch was out than anybody that, that he, that he had in the playoff run in 15, 16. 
the Heat had better depth, I think, than this Portland team has. But, you know, he keeps talking about his shooters oh, sure. that he has. Right, yeah. But the, he, he, he was talking about the shooters that he has, and he's going to get a triple-double with assists when I don't know if he had double-digit assists for the entire season last year. I mean, he's going to say silly things. He's going to say great things about Terry Stotts until he's angry at him. And he fans need to let that go, too. The, the team is better now than it was. So I, I just, uh, to me, the Philadelphia thing is going to keep coming up the entire season. I think what's interesting, Alex, about it is like there are two teams that Jimmy was with longer, right? <laughs> he was with Minnesota and he was with Chicago a lot longer. And we don't really hear about those teams anymore. We just keep hearing about this controversy about him leaving a team that he was with for what, four months? I, I mean, mean Timberwolves <laughs> fans have more to be upset with Jimmy about than Philly fans do. That's no doubt. Like, no absolutely. Doubt. Absolutely. I mean, he, he challenged their best player there. He took off from the team, right? He didn't, a guy who's notoriously, you know, notably durable, basically decided not to play and stay away from the team for a little while. And, you know, then he came out and they used that whole, you know, they basically used Woj to come out with his idea of him taking the third team and kicking everybody else's ass in practice. Like, yeah, right. If you're going to be angry, like as a, as a Wolf fan, particularly with as little as they ended up getting back, right? Like they didn't, I mean, the players they got back are not part of their long-term plan, you know, Sarich and, and Covington. So if you're, if you're Minnesota fans, I could get it. Chicago fans, I don't think have any reason to be mad at Jimmy, even though there were some choppy times there at the end, even when Dwayne was there. But Philly fans, I, I, I just don't understand the animus. All right, we're going to get uh, to another clip here. Now, this is an exchange that I had with him today where I just wanted to get into the idea of him sort of embracing the role of leading this team. So here's the back and forth. It's two questions and two answers. Do you like filling the leadership role? Do you enjoy that responsibility? Um, I do too. I do what I'm asked to do. We got a team full of leaders, man. That's not just on me. It's not just the coach. It's not just the justice. It's not just on any one individual. Um, everybody makes mistakes. And um, it's everybody else's job to correct it in, uh, in a positive way, as positive as possible, and continue to move on. But, but teams typically follow their best player. I mean, whether it's by example or the way you carry yourself, it, it, that's something that you've become comfortable with over the course of your time in the NBA because you didn't come in as the best player. I mean, who's who's to say that I'm the best player on the team? I think it's all just people's opinion. I know that I'm a good body like that. I just go out there and I compete. Um, I don't think that I'm bad. Don't get me wrong. But um, best player or not, I do my job. Will do my job night in and night out and um, help this team win. Guarantee that. All right, Alex. So what I was trying to do there, you know, again, was I'm watching him go around the gym and talk to various players. He was talking to a couple players that I didn't immediately recognize today. Because uh, they're not there. I, I had to look it up because they're, they're, you know, likely two way guys. So it's not just that he's embraced, you know, Tyler Harrow and also Justice Winslow and Bam Adebayo. But he's also gone around to some of the, the guys who may not even figure into the plans this season to try to set a tone. Do you have I, I, this when I polled? On Five Reasons Sports, how you feel about Jimmy Butler. I gave three options. One was really positive, one was eh, and one was don't like it so far. When I polled how do you think he's conducted himself so far, it's like 95% in love with how he's conducted himself so far. A, do you agree with that? And B, what do you think of his comment kind of shying away from being named the best player on this team? I mean, that was incredible. I read that and I couldn't believe that he said that. It's so like... It's incredible how good he's doing right now with this, like I said, the heat culture honeymoon. It's insane. He's going to levels that I didn't think he would go to. I wasn't sure how much of it he was going to embrace. But now he's over here saying, are you sure I'm the best player on the team? Like, that is 
unbelievable to me because it's obviously not even close uh, when it comes to this team. But like I said, you know, you love to see it, right? What do you, this is the pre-camp excitement. You know, there's just so much positivity emanating around the organization. When you see things, everybody talking about Dion and how explosive he looked, even after a few days of just training camp where it's just work, 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 and nothing else, how he's continued to look explosive. And even with Kelly and JJ being held out, you have guys like Derek Jones Jr. and now KZ Opala seeming to flourish because they're taking some of those minutes that Kelly and JJ will be playing. So there's some silver linings here, even with all the, you know, the negative stuff is not very negative. The team's healthy for the most part. They're in a great place right now. Yeah, I do think they're in a good place. And I don't have any problem with the comment. I, I think there's a fine line here because you don't want it to look like he's shirking the responsibility of it. But by his actions, he doesn't seem to be, right? He's getting up at 3.30 in the morning and bringing other players with him. So he is showing himself to be a leader without excluding the group in terms of their importance to what they're trying to do collectively. I also thought it was interesting he mentioned justice specifically in that quote. I I do feel like he's making a big point to, to make it clear to justice that he has that kind of potential. And look, Justice's career track, there are some similarities to Jimmy Butler's. I mean, it, Justice was drafted higher than Jimmy Butler, 10th as opposed to 30th. But Jimmy didn't break out when he first came into the league. And Jimmy was playing, you know, was trying to get minutes on what was a very good team. which Justice yeah, he was, was a defensive role player, just like Justice was. Just like Justice. And Justice was trying to get minutes on what was a very good team. So I think that, you know, there are some similarities. There. I think Justice, Jimmy sees some of himself in Justice. Justice is not as brash as Jimmy. But I don't have a problem with him putting aside the idea of him clearly being the best player, even though it's ludicrous on its face, right? Because uh, most of the, 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 the you know, media services that rank the top 100 players in the league barely put a second heat player in there. You know, Bam, I think, got to 93 on one of the lists. Justice wasn't on most of the lists. That was basically it. I mean, no Goron. So, I mean, he's clearly the best player. When Eric Spolstra is saying he's a top, 50, top 10 player on this, top 15 player on this planet, and Pat Riley saying he's a top 10 player, there's nobody on the Heat that's re- he's even reasonably close to that or even reasonably close to top 30, which Jimmy Butler clearly is. So I don't have a problem with him doing that. I think that, you know, as long as he continues to show, you know, that he has respect for other players in the team and for what the Heat are trying to accomplish. But I do think the one thing that the reason I asked the second question, I think the one thing he's downplaying a little too much is I do think the players on this team are going to take his lead in terms of personality. And you already see that. I mean, talking to, uh, you know, Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org talking today to uh, Tyler Harrow, you know, I asked him, I said, who's got the most drip on this in the rookie class? And he, I know what he was going to say. He says me. And I said, who's second? And he says, there's no second. And I'm like, so what are you going to wear on the road? And he's like, just wait. I mean, he's there, there's an, there's a, I don't want to call it arrogance, but there's definitely a cockiness with this group that justice is trying to sort. I mean, I asked justice yesterday, fair to call you a sniper. Yes. And he says, yep, it's fair to call me a sniper. I, this is a just the right balance we've of had like, from recent Heat teams. And they're, so they're going to take that lead from Jimmy. I mean, even today, Alex, I was watching, they were doing some drills at the end, and it wasn't even like serious. And Jimmy's arguing with the two, it's not in a negative way, but he's like arguing with Chris Quinn and one of the other assistants. 
you know, because he wanted the ball in a certain spot and wanted the drill to go a certain way. And it was, he wasn't being disruptive. They were laughing, but it was, he was challenging. And I think this is going to be a team that challenges everything. And so they are going to take his personality. I mean, it's fantastic, man. It's like a balance of personalities between, you know, cocky and aggressive, but also with respect to other teammates, it's like, we're going to be cocky and aggressive together. And, you know, <laughs> right. that's exactly what you want to see if you're a fan. I know I've, I've been saying that a lot, but, you know, they've continued this theme over here throughout training camp. Yeah, it's uh, this, there's a little bit of us against the world, but it's different than the Big Three era because the Big Three era, it was, I mean, everybody cared about them. There's no and expectations here. Th- there's no expectations, right. At least relative to the Big Three. Well, it's right. Well, you don't have anybody saying they're going to win 72 games, right? Most people don't have them in the top four in the East. So I uh, now there's been a little bit more buzz on that lately with Zach Lowe and others kind of putting them up there. But but for the most part, we hadn't been hearing that. So, you know, and I think their win total on most of the Vegas sites, including BetDSI, use the promo code 5101. Most of those, uh, they have them about 43 wins and the money's evenly distributed back and forth. So I think... But I think they are going to take his personality. They are going to follow his lead. If he buys in completely, they will buy in completely. It's not a, It's not an accident that Deion Waiters has kind of attached himself to him or that the, the young guys have or that Myers Leonard has showed up with him and tweeted it out. They've all been very aggressive on social media about this stuff. Like they want to be out there. And that's very, very Jimmy. And, you know, the final thing I want to say on this, and then we're going to get to one of the interviews that we did. You know, Jim, so Jimmy's the last guy to come out. So he fans to get used to that. It, he goes to the training room afterwards. It's going to drive reporters crazy. I mean, LeBron was always late, but this is going to be really bad. Um, <laughs> Jimmy has some Carmelo in him that way, which if you talk to the Knicks writers about that someday. But he, he, he did come out ultimately and did talk to the media and, you know, gave us about, you know, seven or eight minutes. And then he went outside the door and there were all these students from Kaiser University. And I posted that video on at Ethan J. Skolnick on Twitter and also at EJ Skolnick on Instagram. And I mean, you could just see the way that they all react to him and the way he reacts back. And he, he was mobbed and he loved it. And that's that's the other thing. I think this team is going to be more comfortable kind of being out there in the public than maybe even the big three team was. Because that big three team had to be a little bit insular because of how much heat they were, no, no pun intended, were taking from everybody else. So I do think, uh, I just think they're going to be fun. And I think, I think that he, you know, he's the one who's going to lead that and he is the best player. So he can challenge me back on that question. And I didn't, I didn't mind that at all. I thought it was a good answer. But the reality is he's the leader. He's the best player. People are going to take their cues from him. Oh, no doubt. It's great to see you, man. Well, I mean, it's about I, I hear with the they kids. Need, they, they need a little bit of personality. So that's that's the big thing. All right, what interviewer we have here for people? We did a bunch of interviews on Media Day. Got Derek Jones Jr. All right, can we hear it? I, I want to apologize to people, by the way, because this is not Alex's fault and it's not it, it's not Alf's <laughs> fault really either. Uh, but we, I, we understand that the sound quality has not been great on some of these interviews. We we had a technical glitch on Media Day and, and you've basically been spending, what, 85 hours over the past week trying to fix it. <laughs> I've turned into uh, a mad scientist editing uh, audio for it to sound yeah, it, it, it's bad been a fun slightly experience. best bad. <laughs> right. Well, there's one that you couldn't do anything with, which is my interview with Justice Winslow, which was a fantastic interview, but you'll never hear it because for some reason I was using my iPhone and I had my hand over the mic. So you can hear my hand, uh, but that's about all you can hear. But anyway, thanks for joining us. Scrimmage on Sunday. Uh, we will have live coverage from the arena, the three of us. All right, there are a lot of events in South Florida that you got to go to. But if you can only pick one, yeah, come on now. This is the one. I'm with Jason Jackson. You know him as the Jack Show. <laughs> the third year of this event. I don't want to disparage the guys that you roasted before. You shouldn't. 
but there's one three. Yeah. So what do you got going on? Jack Celebrity Roast Volume 3, 4-3. Like, this was always in the making, all the way back to when we started in 2016 with Irie first and then uh, Jason Taylor. But uh, on October 12th at uh, One Hotel uh, South Beach, we are roasting Dwayne Wayne. We've got Chris Spencer, Razor Davis, um, Jimmy Butler on the podium, as well as Udonis Haslam. I'm giving you a breaking story. It's not fully confirmed, but uh, we'll all be together on October 12th. Everybody can get tickets to Jack's CelebrityRoast.com. Uh, do not bring your mother, your faith healer, or your kids. Sounds like a plan. So where do they go again? Where do they get it? JackCelebrityRoast.com. Buy your tickets now. There aren't many left. All right. All right. We made a decision here. The Derek Jones Jr. interview was really good, but the audio on it was a real struggle. So this one is slightly better. Again, they'll be better in the future. This is KZ Akpala, the rookie second-round pick for the Miami Heat. We spoke to him on Media Day. Stephen Skolnick out here for the Five on the Floor podcast at Miami Heat Media Day with Alphonse Sidney. Culture to life. Got an opportunity now to talk to somebody that we try to get to know a little bit because he was in a strange situation this offseason, uh, getting drafted by the Miami Heat, but they couldn't be with the team right away. Casey Hapala. Uh, take us through that process a little bit. You get picked, but you get traded. <laughs> you can't come here right away. Then you can't play in summer league right away because it was basically the sixth uh, that you were able to actually join the team. What was that like waiting? Uh, I mean, my parents always teach me to control things you control. So, like, the feeling of waiting, it was, it was, uh, it was different. Um, but I've been in situations like that uh, back at college. Uh, I question how I couldn't play half the season. So, it's a similar thing. It's just uh, be ready when things call. Just uh, control things you control. Stuff like that, so. Okay, so uh, we didn't get to see you in, um, in uh, Summer League. Um, so what can you what do you think you can bring to the table like what what are you going to bring to this Heat team this year uh, versatility uh, defensively I, I, I love guarding player players and if you can move your feet really well and you're super tall at 6'9 6'10 it's trouble for small guards twos threes and fours so I think I can definitely guard and offensively I could I put the ball on the floor I don't think anyone can really stand in front of me um, off my first dribble my first step and I'll get in so. Well, that's what I noticed when I see your college tape. It seems like you can get to the rim whenever you want to. Yeah, um, yeah. do you think you can? Tra- that's going to translate to the league? Oh, for sure. And now it's just learning uh, how to play make and making the right reads from there, and that's what I'm working on. Take us through your, your summer since summer league again, because I know you were out there in Vegas, but then it, it didn't feel you were quite up to speed at that point because you had to learn all that stuff uh, to be there. So what did you do? Where did, where did you work out? Who did you work out with? How often were you in the gym here? How how well did you get to know your teammates? Uh, I think I got to know my teammates uh, really well, especially after some of the I've been here the entire time. Uh, so that transition was pretty smooth. And then before that, uh, pre-draft, uh, I was working in LA with Thomas uh, uh, So I was working with um, Donald Clay. I don't know how I can. Oh, Donald Clay. Well, Donald Clay. Well, I was going to ask you. He was here with the Heat for a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, just yeah. like he had a cup of coffee. I think yeah. it was like 2000, <laughs> yeah, 2001, something like uh-huh. those lines. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, so what what was Don? Because people talk about difficult players to stay in front of you. Obviously, you have athleticism. You can play above the rim defensively. You can guard a bunch of different players. But obviously, one of the things that teams are going to try to make you do when you first come in is show that you can shoot the ball from the perimeter. When you had a conference call with us, you sounded pretty confident that that's something that you can do. Where are you in terms of your perimeter shot? Where are you comfortable to? What is your range? Where do you feel you are? Uh, I think right now it's all about uh, in practice uh, when I get reps up, uh, I can get in a rhythm and I can knock him down at a good, uh, high clip. So uh, during the game, it's just uh, um, confidence and being able to just step in. Uh, coaches here uh, have really helped me with my job and I can make some pretty big changes. Uh, it may not look like it when I'm seeing it, when you want to call it, but uh, some, some good changes and I think that's helping me keep it more uh, tight and I'm tight when uh, when you look at this team on paper, uh, losing Hassan Whiteside this summer, it looks like there's going to be a deficiency when it comes to rebounding. With your size, with your length, what do you think you could bring to the table in that regard? Oh, for sure, because I can be on the three and I can come in and swing in and snap something. Yeah. So, so I think I, I, I can help with that for sure. And defense, that is, obviously, that's what this organization has been about pretty much since Pat Riley and Eric Foster came here, and the, and the ability to switch in the modern NBA. So, like I said, with your wingspan and your length, particular positions you're most comfortable guarding? Like I, uh, believe it or not, I think I like guarding a uh, perimeter better, like three, two, one. Uh, because I, I love, like, moving, moving my feet uh, up top of the perimeter, and I think I'm really good at gauging the defense. Uh, if they beat me, I'm really good at using my length to to, uh, to further shot or uh, mess up the shot. So I think defensively, uh, probably the perimeter, but four, I can do a good job. And then five, just uh, being able to put on weight and, and knock him out. What do you want to play? What are you at right now? Where, where, where's a comfortable weight for you? Right now, I just I just waited into that 215, but I came in here like 270. So, so okay, yeah. so you went up since you came here. Most <laughs> <laughs> guys go down. Yeah, yeah. yeah most guys, but, so, but, but you're putting on muscle. Which trying to put, have me put on weight. That's it. good. Yeah, it, a lot of guys, it's the Vomiting on the side gets rid of some of that, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. excess. Do, do you consider yourself? A lot of the stuff I've read about you and, and kind of what happened to Stanford was that uh, you, you consider kind of a late bloomer in some ways. Uh-huh. We've, we've, and it's interesting because the, the guy who's coming here as the star, Jimmy Butler, was kind of a late bloomer. He wasn't heavily recruited. He was drafted 30th overall. He wasn't. There are a lot of guys. We were talking about this. The only top 10 pick on this team is Dion, I believe. And right? Justice, Justice, and Justice, Justice number, number 10. 10 also. But most of the guys on this team were not, they were second round picks, they were undrafted, or they were picked, picked late. Do you view yourself that way? Like, if I, you were to compare the progress you've made as a player over the last two years to what was going on previously with you, do you say that's about right? Uh, yeah, you can say I'm a late bloomer, um, but I don't want people to mistake that. Like, I'm so confident in myself, uh, just because the way I move and when I'm moving with other players, I know I, I can play with whoever, but uh, just for sure, like, really knowing my game, understanding my game, understanding uh, how I can always make a difference on the court, and not get involved so I think that's uh, the learning curve that I gotta get with. Other than that, I'm 100% So I follow you on Instagram, right? I <laughs> I, I see Tyler on Instagram. Between the two of you guys, who's the better dresser? Because it looks like both of you guys are about fashion, the drip, whatever you want 
to call it. <laughs> whose drip is better? Who's who's uh, who's more fashionable? I mean, a hundred percent, I gotta say me, but Tyler, Tyler got big spilly. Uh, he got big drip for sure, hundred percent. But that suit that he wore on draft night, would you tough. ever wear that? You would wear <laughs> that. That was real tough. I can't lie. Yeah, his suit was real nice. But a lot of people were hating on that. I think, but, but that, I thought that was really tough. That, that was real nice. So you thought he pulled it off? We weren't quite I, sure. A lot of people said he was the best dressed there. <laughs> I think he was yeah. for sure up there. Everybody talked to him. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell us something else uh, as fans get to know you a little bit. You, you got a day to kill. What do yeah. you do? Uh, day to kill? Yeah. I'm chilling. I'm like watching Netflix. I'm on my phone a lot. Like what you said earlier, I love clothes. I love uh, finding new pieces. I'm really into like ventures. So, I clothes, uh, music. I'm extremely into music. Like this mic right here. I feel like I'm exporting this. I, I'm, really, I'm really into music. So, stuff like that. Yeah. What are you watching on Netflix lately? Sure. Mindhunter, I love. Um, but I watch everything. So, if you name like Stranger Things, I watch. Breaking Bad, I watch. Uh, what's that show? Uh, like, Harvard, uh, Shameless, I watch. Uh, watch like a lot if you say something. Like that. You checked out Top Boy yet? Top Boy? Yeah. Uh, the album? No, the uh, the show on Netflix. Nah, what's that? Like English Gangsters? Nah, I haven't watched that. It's crazy. You watch it. I got to. It's gonna give you a it's gonna give you a whole different uh, level of slang. Give them your oh, best really? impersonation. Oh my. Uh, <laughs> they just say farm and bruv a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Canadian a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because it has the Jamaican uh, the Jamaican roots to it. Okay, yeah. Now Chris wants me to ask you because he 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 likes to dig into these things. He likes to create controversy. Okay. What have you seen your 2K rating and what do you think of it? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, uh, but I don't even play. I don't play video games. Good. People say I'm, I'm good. I'm good on the game. Yeah. They they can work with me for sure. Nice. Yeah, nice. I got some athleticism. What, what, they can work with me. what part of the rating would you do? You, so you, you don't know the specific parts of the yeah, rating. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen my three. I haven't seen. I just know I think I'm like a 71. Okay, coming in the league. Yeah. That's uh, not bad. That's not bad. I I don't care at all. At all. <laughs> do you play any video games? Uh, no, not really. No? You're, so you're not going to be on FIFA with the rest of these guys? I mean, I'll play, but, yeah. but like, I don't really like They talk a lot of trash, man. Yeah. What do you mean? Like online? On, with the video games, FIFA oh, yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> is, is there a nickname that you want the fans to use down here for you? I mean, uh... People, people, people at Stanford, people call me Coop. Uh, like, my coaches, like, everyone calls me Coop. It's crazy. K-O-K. Okay. Because uh, one of my teammates saw it on my, on my um, Snapchat. I think that's my Snapchat username, something like that. And I made that when I was, like, uh, like in fourth grade, something like that. <laughs> I mean, that's how Snapchat works. You can't change it. Yeah. So, wait, wait. You were on Snapchat in fourth grade? Snapchat wasn't around when you were in fourth grade. You're not that young. Yeah, you're, you're just that old. <laughs> He's just old, man. He's I'm just maybe old. Not old. Like sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah. But um, uh, some people call me schoolboy, but other than that, that's it. So we need T-shirts that say schoolboy. Is that what we need? Some people call me that. Yeah. If I, if you were to come back in, to media day with us in five years, and this is where your career is, where do you want it to be? Uh, say that again. Like if we were to talk to you again in five years before a season, where's your career gonna be? Uh, the biggest, the biggest word is established. I want to be established in the for sure. And that means what? It can mean, it can mean the sky. It can mean, it can mean whatever. 
are, are you ready yeah, for yeah, a yeah, Jimmy Butler hazing the rookies training camp? Yes, sir. <laughs> I heard all about that. So. You're going to yeah. go back at him? Say it again? You're going to go back at him a little bit? Because it seems like Tyler goes back at him. In the moment, for sure. What's your favorite thing? What's your favorite thing about Miami so far? Probably like the views. Yeah. Yeah. Like I live on Skyrise, so just the view is different for me for sure. And I'm I'm from the LA suburb, so Orange County, so I don't really uh, and I don't really be in LA a lot. So mm-hmm. I'm not a big city boy and stuff like that. But uh, living in the city is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, KZ Akpala. Big things expected this season. Second round pick for the Miami Heat. They traded their entire second round draft to get him. <laughs> three picks for you. You hold that over guys they, they yeah. traded three picks to get you yeah <laughs> I need that. should you have been a first round pick that's history yeah. Yeah. I'm not worried about that at all well the Heat had you rated as a first round, round pick and so, so that's so you know they have that confidence in you yeah, yeah. yeah pretty, yep. awesome yeah. alright Casey Akpala thanks for joining us and uh, look forward to big things this Thank season you. nice to meet you bro yeah. stay off that 2k <laughs> yeah Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.